now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're glad to have you tonight. We uh, want to thank all of those of you that are, that are downloading our material. We pray that it's being a blessing to you. We want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. Now, I also want to remind you about my book, and we haven't talked about this in quite a while on Facebook. I surrender. It's on Amazon and at your local bookstores. So we want to just say thank you again for being a part of our ministry, and thank you to all those of you that are on Facebook who are part of our ministry. And we're going to go to God in a word of prayer, and then we're going to go into session two of Triumph, Majesty, and Dominion. Before I do that, I want to remind you that Tim Epling will be with us next Sunday morning at 10.30 from West Virginia. He pastors in Anstead, and um, uh, we're going to have him and his wife and maybe more, I don't know. But we want to invite you to come and be with us next Sunday morning because you will will receive a tremendous blessing from Tim's message. And, of course, we'll put that on podcast in our morning service so that you podcasters can share with Tim's story. And so uh, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get busy. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us. Then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak. Holy Spirit, reveal what he has said and show us what we must know, do, and demonstrate We will receive it and release it to your people. As it is released, may it minister to the very heart, core, and needs of those that are hearing. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our man in the Godhead, and our Lord. Amen and amen. Well, Sharon, it's good to see you on here, and we want to encourage anybody else that is on to simply make a comment so we can recognize you as being present. Triumph, majesty, and dominion. We're going to start tonight in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. All things in the underworld, all things in this world, hi, Brother McKee, are under his feet. All things in heaven are under his feet. He has triumphed over everything. He has taken the goods out of the region of the damned and returned their power and their control back into its rightful and correct position. Now look at verse 22. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now this is a crucial bit of understanding. The church was to share in his triumph. But we have remained focused on the death at the cross. Because we have never understood that the death of the cross was to be a place you visited 
and the blood covered you. You got saved. Because of the resurrection, grace came to you. And from there, you were to mature in Christ. We never got that as a church. So we continue to recycle back to the altar and back to the cross. My friends, the church was to live in the power and control of what the head of our church had won. But for some re reason, we choose to remain there in his death and never recognize the utter and vital and vast importance, which is this. He did not triumph at the cross. He triumphed at the resurrection. We couldn't see the work in the tomb, my friend, but it is absolutely certain that he didn't triumph there either. But we do see the outcome of what happened concerning what he accomplished in hell and subsequently back in the land of flesh and blood. We see Jesus delivered from death and brought into the pathways of life. We saw him walk among man for 50 days and be seen of over 500 people. Now watch this. We saw him teach, cook, love, and breathe. But we also saw how his tri triumph transcended the things that are natural. Time, space, and materials were no longer a barrier for this triumphant Jesus. This triumph would cause you and your inner man, me and my inner man, to no longer serve as a barrier. If you would only believe in what he has accomplished, there would be nothing that the resurrected man of God who has come to us in light, illumination, salvation, glory, grace, and truth could not bring into our spirit and transform our spirit, cause our mind, will, and emotion to become the mind and will of Christ. There's no barriers now. We saw him instruct on this very issue as he taught the apostles to wait to be endued with a power that would fill them and make them available to him. Then we see him ascend, knowing that it was for the second time. That, my friend, is triumph. He ascended the first time, did his work in the tabernacle, became Lord, came back and was among men for the period of time taught them, loved them, breathed on them, transcended the barriers of the natural that held men, and then teaching them about the endowment of power, ascended the second time, and we heard the angel say, why stand ye gazing up, this same Jesus that's going away will come again in like manner. See, my friend, this is triumph. It is total victory. When a man can live and die and live again, transcend into a greater, more powerful person than he has ever been, go and do in the heavenlies what was necessary for you and me, be given the exalted title of Lord, 
Come back and be seen of men. My God, what triumph is that? Have nothing that can, can be or serve to be a link that can stop his presence. Victory. It's the express display of the promise of the Father to him and the express display of the promise of the Father to us. We are, because of this, no longer stuck in the mediocrity of life. We're no longer poor. We're no longer bruised, broken, blind, or captive. We no longer have those barriers in the spirit world to keep us from the thing that the head of our church has triumphed over every demon of hell to give to us. We triumph as the church who possesses the same living power as Jesus did. We have life, we have joy, and we are in His presence. All because of the delivering triumph of the one who died and who was buried and went through the region of the damned and came out as the first one, as the first fruit. He went there to serve as the one who would triumph over hell. He went there to one who would, as, as one who would triumph over the imposter who had stolen his way into being the God of the universe. He went there to destroy the works of the one who told man that he could be his own God and make his own choices without the consequences of answering to any God. But with him knowing within himself they were really answering to him and they would suffer the consequences of darkness and devastation because of it. Man bought that lie because it satisfies him and he still buys that lie today. Not because they have to, but because being their own God is more satisfying than bowing the knee to the God of the universe. They would rather live in a world of fear, lack, and hatred which is a direct relationship to the demonic, than to see the hope of the gospel repent and come under his lordship. But God knew the very area in the region of the dam where Jesus would be because he knew where he had cast Satan to in the first place. He knew what Satan had done with his original place to which he was cast. It was for that reason, of course, a new earth had to be spoken into existence by the word of God. From the moment the earth was put into its order, however, a plan was devised to control it by the powers of darkness. Now little did they know that their plan would lead to their own destruction. This is the exact condition of which our world finds itself today, living under a plan of darkness and destruction. The world that God created for man and for his benefit has been overrun by deep desire for darkness and has released the demonic into this domain. How could that be? Well, because the church never understood, never lived in, never prospered in, and never pursued the triumph of the resurrection. We chose to remain in the cross. The initial world had him. 
And they think that they have everything they desire while they have him. But they do not. Because the Holy Spirit remains in this earth to accomplish the pleasures of Jesus. This happened in hell as well. It was a place that the Holy Spirit knew and knew very well. He was dispatched to get the one who was there under a promise. Total triumph erupted as he took control and passed it through himself into the church. The church has never kept the triumph of the deliverance of Jesus as the thing that kept the devil under their feet. They've never identified the victory that is given to them. Ephesians 4, 7 through 10, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now I want you to hear that, friend, because it is my concern that the church has missed the truth in the triumph of Jesus Christ. But unto every one of us is given grace. The release of grace came from the measure of the gift of Christ. Now we look at that and we say, yes, Pastor Mike, for God so loved the world that he gave. And that all happened at the cross and Christ died there. Well, I want you to reconsider that because if you don't reconsider that, you will never come into the truth of the triumph of what Jesus Christ did. The church is given grace that's equal to the triumph that was accomplished in the spiritual world by the gift of Christ. God gifted Christ not only to the world, but into the hands of depravity. He sent him with the express purpose and the promise that I'm going to lay you down and you're going to be a gift into the world of depravity. But when you go in there, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to take you out of there. You will go into the area that is corrupt, but you will never be corrupted. The area of darkness will be the one that's corrupted. Because when light came into that area and Jesus came back to life, there was corruption that brought about total control over everything in that domain. So the gift was the perception of the devil that he had him. And grace came out of that that was equal to that gift. The measure of what this, that gift accomplished is given to you and me. It is given to you and me in utter and total and complete triumph. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. From his triumph, he ascended. We know that. And when he did, he led those who were waiting for his appearance. Had been in there waiting on him. For those who saw him, heard him, and believed him, had a place with him in his eternal care. But what is the reference to leading captivity captive? When he took the keys of death and hell, we often think that he stopped when he received those. He just, 
That's all he went there to get. Some would say that makes total sense because that was essential to the relationship that he would have with man in both the relief of death and the control of who went to hell. But my friend, there's more. Any gift that was in the region of the damned and that will ever go into the region of the damned, any gifted individual, talented individual that ever goes there, that takes something there that would benefit the lives of the children of God, he brought back out of hell those giftings. Oh, I'll prove it to you. He brought out of the region of the damned the talents that went in there, the abilities, the ideas, the concept, the inventions, and anything else that could become a part of the plunder. Have you ever seen anybody go in that plundered a region and leave everything they had there and just take one or two pieces? No, no, that's not what plundering means. That, no, that is not what going into the strong man's house and plundering his goods means. When Jesus went there, he led the things that were captive, captive. They were in captivity, brought them out, and they were now captive to him. And those talents and blessings are meant to be given to the children of God. He brought out of that region those things that were plundered to be distributed for those who Satan had stolen a gift and given it somewhere else. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 25 through 27. Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 21. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, uh, chapter 3, yeah, verse 21, and Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. But let's start with Joel 25. And I will restore the years that the locust had eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent unto you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. What he took, he was willing to give back. He is a restorer of the goods that were stolen from the children of God. Now we don't need to spend our time ever again trying to tell the devil what we're taking back from him. You know, we've heard that song, I'm going to the, the enemy's camp and I'm taking back all that stuff. We don't need to. That's not in the picture, friend. Jesus Christ has done it for you. His triumph was pure plunder. Every good and everything that Jesus saw in the region of the damned that could bless you and bless me, he took it as a captive gift of the goods of what he plundered from the strong man's house. He left him nothing, friend, that would benefit you or me. We don't have to fight the devil on that. Jesus Christ already has accomplished that for us. How do we know it? Well, we know it from Joel. We know it from Exodus. We know it from Proverbs. But we also know it from Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
said, I have not seen the river third of the things which God has prepared. Where did he prepare some of those things from? From the captive things that Jesus took captive, brought them into the heavenly economy to be given to men. What a blessing this is. He's the restorer of the things that the enemy has tried to take away from you. From his plunder, you're going to eat and be satisfied. You'll praise the name of the Lord and you will recognize his wondrous works. You'll never be ashamed. This is pure and complete triumph. Because of the things that he took with him out of hell, the believer will know that he is the Lord over everything. Everything that has a need bows to him in heaven, in earth, and in hell. He took captive those things that were held captive by the devil. We live in no shame and we have no lack. That is lack of anything that hell might have hoarded to keep away from us. This captivity would be in the presence of the Almighty Godhead. Those wonderful blessings that Jesus took captive. We can now understand what Paul has said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There's so much that has gone to hell that Jesus Christ is still plundering out of hell and directing towards his children. What we have to do is to get in the parade. Hallelujah. What parade is that? It's the parade of the triumphant king. He is giving us the things that are captured and giving us additional gifts that are being laid out for us to support him in his triumph. Of course, I told you about Exodus 3.21, Proverbs 6.31. Read those. They will substantiate what I'm saying to you. Then he gave gifts for the equipping of saints. These gifts are meant to be ministries that are designed to use his triumph to rule and reign in this life in the areas and territories of which he has triumphed. Those areas and territories begin in your home. They go to your job. They go to your community. They go to your city. They go to your state. They go to your country from wherever you're listening. He has triumphed over every act, every deadly, devilish, hellish, demonic work that Satan would bring against you. And he has said, because I have overcome him, all you have to do is get in the parade and begin to pronounce the name of Jesus Christ over everything. And he is Lord over them and they will bow. Verse 9, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Paul leaves no doubt concerning his miraculous triumph. In this triumph, he brings and gives gifts unto men. Paul describes those gifts as equipping the saints. What ministry would they have to fulfill? He that descends is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. This is what triumph is, my friend. It is whenever the triumph 
triumphant behind the one who is the conqueror take total control of all things. It would be the ministry that was full of everything that pertained to the triumph that occurred when he was delivered from the captivity that was in the lower parts of the earth. Look at Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. As this is going to be the scripture that was given to define how the church would operate in view of the triumph that was wrought by Jesus Christ and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things huh? to the church. The triumph foot one has everything under his feet. If we would just get our eyes clear and our eyes single on him and stop looking around at all of the distractions, even that our Christianity brings to the table. And we would recognize that we are in a kingdom. That's what this message is about. The triumph that brought about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are in a kingdom that gives us rights and gives us privileges from that kingdom. And in that kingdom where everything is under our king's feet, our attitudes, abilities, concepts must change. We now operate under the rule of a king in this earth who is reigning in us and gives us the ability to reign in light, in life. Every obstacle the church was to face or that they perceived as an obstacle was to be measured against the triumphant conquest of Jesus. Now we see why the gates of hell can never prevail against the church. How could they? They would be bringing about an insurrection against a foe that is undefeatable, against a champion of which they already know has all of the control. So the gates of hell cannot prevail. It's impossible. Further, the gates of hell have no talents, abilities to do anything more than to insinuate, than to tempt. They have nothing more to do with. Paul said if we would simply resist the devil, and not give the devil any place. Not give temptation any place. Not give the possibility that there is a roaring lion place. Then he would have to go. Because unless we give him place, he has no place in this kingdom. Think about that. Every obstacle, every temptation, Every problem, every struggle, every trial, every issue measured against the triumphant conquest of Jesus Christ. If we would, those things would be engulfed in victory. Because of his triumph, there would be nothing from any parts of darkness that could ever begin to bother the church. They would simply look to Jesus and they would see him seated at the right hand of majesty 
and know that the triumphant one sits victorious. And if he sits victorious and his spirit is in me, then I am victorious. Then I don't have to fall for the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. For him who wants to deceive me. No, no. I'm not willing to become my own God. I want Jesus Christ, the man in the Godhead, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit to rule my life. Look to Jesus, friend. He is the triumphant one. There could be nothing that would sidetrack, hinder, or alter the victory where the church was concerned. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You are the body of the triumphant one. I know that based on teaching, that's a hard thing to come, under, come into. It's a hard thing to grasp that you are the body of the one that has triumphed and the one that has filled you all in all, everything. Everything he took out of hell, he's prepared for you. Every gift he sent back into the earth is given to you. There's nothing that you lack. The church would live and thrive if we would understand that we were operating from triumph, a perspective of triumph. Hell could have absolutely no say. There would be no means to interact with the church to harm it if we always operated from triumph. My friend, that was the plan of God. The gates of hell were never to attempt to prevail. The church never got the memo. They decided to analyze scripture and to intellectualize doctrine. They decided to pick and choose what they would and would not accept and believe. Soon, the triumphant victory of Jesus Christ was not even observed in the sanctuary. The enemy turned our attention towards his death. Then the church turned their attention towards darkness. Yep. The church turned their attention away from the altar because we have turned our attention away from the triumphant one. He made the ministry of equipping the saints one that went out with a message of the unconditional love based upon the cross. Yep. The unconditional love, you know that love. Do what you want to. He loves you too much. Send you to hell. Yeah. That's where the message has been twisted. This message veils the truth and causes men to miss the triumph of his visible, recognizable, touchable deliverance from the ravages of a world that was controlled by Satan. My friend, our deliverance is in his triumph. Our worship is in his triumph. Our praise is in his triumph. Our honor is in his triumph. Light into our souls is from his triumph. The illumination of the word of God is from his triumph. Every song we sing should be done in the most brightness that we could possibly ever consider singing. Why? Because it is the derivative of the triumphant one who corrupted hell with light. Yeah, brother. The cross had to be the mechanism to set the plan of God in motion. But if we remain there, we remain attached to death. God intended that we be attached to victory. And that be nothing less than complete triumph. Paul identified that triumph 
And so should you. And so should the church. Our perspective of living must identify with triumph. Now watch it now. And not with fighting the devil. Why? Because we have the one who triumphed. And Paul said, we are in him. We are from him. We are to him. Consistently, Paul put you in Jesus Christ. What does that mean to me, Pastor Mike? It means that you are the triumphant parade that Jesus Christ has brought into the fullness of all things. Father, I thank you for the Word of God tonight. I pray that you'll minister in the hearing of people so that they can hear and understand what it is I'm telling them and begin to live from the perspective of triumph. Stop fighting the devil and just live in the triumph that's already been given you. You are more than a conqueror, your word says. Why? Because you triumphed on our behalf. So we live in your triumph we live in your victory. We receive the gifts that you've given. Both those that you took captive and those that you have given to support your triumphant parade. Father, may we please see it. May it resonate in us and may it transform us. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Well, I see Sharon and Charles. I'm sure there are many more out there that didn't sign in. But may God richly bless you is my prayer. And we'll see you on Wednesday night at 645 at Bible study. We're talking about the will of God, how to know the will of God from 1 Thessalonians 5. You don't want to miss it. And remember to sign on to Mike Springston FFC podcast. You can get it on Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and all of those podcast systems. You won't want to miss it. We're teaching some wonderful words of life. May God bless you until we speak again on Facebook. Well, friends of mine on podcast, may God richly bless you. If you find Jesus Christ as Lord, you'll find him as the exalted one upon whom every name and every knee must bow. If you find him as Lord, he will bring you and take you into places that you need to go and will show you things to come. May God richly bless you until we speak again.